Skip the hassles of traffic aboard Amtrak and go from city to city easier than ever. With no middle seats, plenty of legroom, and fewer carbon emissions than driving, you can kick back, relax, and feel good about your travel choice. Plus, you'll stay connected along the way thanks to free Wi-Fi on board. So, take the easier, more sustainable route. Book your next trip on Amtrak today. Book in advance and save at Amtrak.com. Restrictions may apply. Star Wars 7x7 episode 3240. Journey to the Dark Head is the fifth episode of season two of Star Wars Visions. We are getting into deeper territory once again, and we will break it down for you on today's episode. Punch it. Hey Rebel Riser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So we're going to do our 7 Takeaway Breakdown for Journey to the Dark Head, starting with, as we've been doing with previous episodes, where in time this could possibly take place if you were to try to put this legend on a timeline. One thing that the fine folks who are updating Wikipedia have flagged is that it has to take place prior to the year 1032 BBY because that is the end of the Jedi Sith War and that's something they found in the Star Wars book, that particular reference source. But it actually has to go back even farther than that because one thing that happened in that year is that the Jedi finally took over the Jedi Temple again. They had not had control of it. It had been occupied by the Sith. So in this episode, we see the Jedi at the Jedi Temple. And so therefore, this has to go back even further. But we don't necessarily know in canon storytelling how long the Sith had occupied the Jedi Temple prior to the end of that war. For a second takeaway, this story is told in three parts for all intents and purposes, and it is the longest of the nine Visions episodes in season two. The first part, or one of the parts, has to do with a young Ara who is able to read prophecies on her home planet. And then a second part has to do with a young Tall, who is a Jedi Padawan, being a part of a battle against one Sith Lord and a whole bunch of Jedi getting massacred at the hands of the Sith Lord. But the Sith Lord, sensing the rage in Tall, decides to let him live and says, yeah, come find me when you're ready to become a Sith. And then our third part is the sort of modern day thing happening now where Ara and Tull make an unlikely duo trying to achieve a mission that Ara believes could potentially lead to an end of hostilities between the Jedi and the Sith. And the idea of that mission is our third takeaway. So there are these giant statues on Ara's home planet where there's a light head and a dark head and they are connected by this enormous ring. Ara has the idea that if they were to cut the dark head off that it might lead to the Sith being defeated. And one of the elders on the Jedi Councils thinks that breaking a mirror could possibly lead to seeing something new in it. And that is the rationale for saying, yeah, yeah, Ara, we'll help you with this mission and we'll send a Jedi to go with you. For a fourth takeaway, I'll flag the fact that Dulgarak has this temple, which apparently is not a Jedi temple, but the place seems to be very strong in the forest to have had these statues constructed, and this ring is filled with various blue and red crystals, which kind of indicate that they might be a collection of kyber crystals in there. 
And although Ara is not really described as being Force-sensitive per se, somehow she and some of her fellow Temple initiates that we see in the younger-aged version of the story are able to read prophecies in various stones within their temple space that is not a Jedi Temple, we are told very explicitly that. For a fifth takeaway, let's talk about the balance of the Force, because that's really what this story is about. The light head and the dark head represent the two opposing forces within the Force, as it were, and the battle between Tal and Bishan is the battle between the light side and the dark side, writ small, as it were. The way that the battle ends with Tal, and yes, we are in full spoiler territory, by the way, well, I guess I can manage to avoid it, but the way that the battle ends essentially allows there to continue to be balance in the Force. But in a way, Ara's actions right after their battle is complete essentially <laughs> unbalance the Force in a way. But it is odd to hear a Jedi Master earlier in the episode talking about breaking the head as if you're breaking the mirror so you see something different in the mirror because really what you're doing <laughs> is making it so you can't see anything. And so it would be an unbalanced kind of situation. And I think as Tull realizes why the Masters sent him on this particular mission, he's realizing that you don't necessarily have to break the mirror exactly, or at least both sides of the mirror can be broken to have the Force be in balance. For a sixth takeaway, I'll note that the idea of prophecy within the Force has kind of an interesting history in canon, and one of the things that various Jedi have talked about, and I think one of the areas this came up is in Dooku Jedi Lost, the audio drama by Kevin Scott, is how you know falling too closely with prophecy is a way to kind of drive yourself insane after a fashion, <laughs> if you're a Jedi, basically. And it works out actually in a very good way in this particular instance, because Ara has definitely not been driven by all appearances by her prophecy, which then ultimately comes true within this episode. She recognizes how what she had seen in the stones in the early phase of the storytelling actually comes to pass. But it's not something that she has been ruminating over as far as we can tell. It's not something that's brought up again until the moment happens that she recognizes that her prophecy has come to pass. And then for a final little fun fact thing, so the chain whip situation that Bishan is wielding I thought was really interesting and I slowed down and, and did little stops and starts and pause to try and get a better look at it. It does not look like an actual lightsaber infused chain whip. A chain whip is basically a long whip that has sort of a spear point at the end of it. But what it does seem to have is a red kyber crystal in the tip. So it's kind of like a force-imbued weapon of sorts, but it's not at the level of the lightsaber slash light whip that Vernestra Rowe has in the High Republic. No, it's actually mostly a chain whip, but with what appears to be a kyber crystal mounted inside the spear tip at the end of it. And that's what I've got for you about Journey to the Dark Head, which is the fifth episode of Star Wars Vision Season 2, and that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.
Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.